0: Okay, I was kind of thinking about it a lot uh, just after I read it, Um, and I couldn't really think of any big negatives or big positives, Uh, it was more, I see it as life being a sort of little gentle little curves of things that are disappointing, things that you're proud of, things that make you happy and it's really just like the major things in life that sort of make you wow or
1: hi wow welcome to the last episode of let you down comma season one parentheses question mark I've mentioned before how this wasn't always going to be a podcast. Originally, it was going to be one monologue. But even after I decided that it could be a podcast, it took me a while to figure out what kind of podcast it should be. Before Let You Down became the interview series that you all know and love, I was playing around with the idea of going for that sort of NPR style where every episode I would tell a story and then bring in audio clips from various guests to help support it. Mostly, I was afraid that interviews about disappointment and disappointing people as a concept didn't have the legs to stand on for a sustained period of time, but as I started having these conversations and hearing all of the different perspectives that people were approaching it from, I realized I was wrong. This episode's going to be a little different, though. This is a combination of the very first two interviews that I did in this series with Emmy Alcorn and Ian Pygott, my parents. That was Ian, who you heard at the beginning of the episode. And when he talks about having read something beforehand, he's referring to the Lit You Down pre-interview, which is a one-sheet Google Doc that I sent out to everyone before talking to them. I'd like to read it to you. Hi. The very first thing I would like to say is thank you. I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me for this project, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. I'm still pretty new to this whole thing, and I wanted to give you an idea of what it'll look like. I'll be asking you three questions. Question one. What is a time when someone disappointed you? Yeah, well,
2: you know, um, I thought about it and... uh trying to narrow it down to one time because, you know, when you get to a certain age, you can think of all kinds of times when you're disappointed. I can think of uh, one that came to mind fairly quickly was I was very young, probably five, five or six, around that age. And my mother was a classical singer. And she had to go to Halifax to do live recording off the floor with CBC Radio. And so one early morning, she got me out of bed, and she got me dressed up and packed me into the car and took me with her. And so it was very exciting, because I was going to Halifax, (laughs) and my mother was going to be going to the studio, which I wasn't really sure what it was, but it sounded really cool. And um, we were staying at somebody's house. Maybe it was a friend of hers or an aunt. I guess we must have stayed overnight. So the next morning, we got up, and my mother was getting ready to go to the studio, and I'm like, oh, I wanted to come, too, and... It looked like I wasn't going to be able to go, but then she relented. She said, yes, yeah, you can you can come with me. I was like, okay. So I got my coat on, and then the person she was staying with said, maybe you should go to the bathroom first. You have to go to the bathroom? And I went, oh, yeah, I better go pee first. <laughs> so I went to the bathroom, and when I came out, my mother was gone. And I cried for a very long time. Mm. And to me, when I think back to that, it wasn't just about not being able to go to the studio. it was the fact that they tricked me, and I felt like the situation had been manipulated, mm-hmm. and I trusted them, and they broke my trust, mm-hmm. so kind of got my heart broken twice. Is
1: that something that you ever talked to Graham about? No, even like that day or like in your adult
2: life no i never I never talked about it. maybe you know the memory of that never came up while we were in the same room together. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: it's really hard to tell your parents about being disappointed in them when you're a
2: child. You don't really have the words for it. Yeah, and she probably didn't realize, like if I put myself into her shoes, she needed to go to the studio, she needed to be a professional, right? And in those days, you didn't take, kids to work in the way that people can like, there's more flexibility these days. There was no flexibility. And it she, wasn't bring your daughter to work day at CBC. No, and radio. she was going there to, she was singing classical music live off the floor. Like, she needed need to have total focus. She, she couldn't have been distracted by a little five-year-old girl, although I would have been perfect. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would have just sat there in total awe, but you know, I totally see her point of view. And I'm sure she didn't realize how broken-hearted I would have been over that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I never I never even thought about telling her about that. Okay.
1: Did you ever hear the recording from that day? Uh maybe not because they did it live. Cause that oh, right. So it would have been several years ago. We won't. Several years ago.
0: Um I was I was thinking about I wasn't able to get to um my mother's funeral mm. because the theater i was working at that time we were doing a world premiere of a play with some really big stars where was in the it. that was um the palace theater in watford just outside london mm-hmm. and it was the tech day you know, i think if it had been um a performance day or something like that somebody could have filled in for me doing my job which running the show would just have been working the lights. I was the lighting designer, the lighting designer and electrician, which meant that, you know, I was making adjustments all the way through at the technical rehearsal. And so they figured, well, I figured I had to be there. Mm -hmm. But then I figured when I was thinking about it yesterday, that wasn't a disappointment that I couldn't go. That was a regret. And that's, you know, to me it's something, something different. Whereas I was Seen most of the disappointments um, in my life have been little things, not world shattering things. I was disappointed one year when I was up for an award and I didn't get it for lighting design for mm-hmm. Beyond Mullingar. But, you know, I figured I probably wasn't going to get it anyway, simply because the way the festival and Ignis runs, you know, we were doing sort of four shows at the same time so every lighting design had to sort of be be set that it could be used for all four shows so you could never dedicate like every light in the building to the one particular show it all had to be spread around Mm -hmm. which sort of lowers your options so i kind of figured i wouldn't get it but i was in a way it it was i was disappointed that, that i didn't get it but all my disappointments have been little uh things like that you know um and i know it sounds trivial but that's how i see the disappointments and pride in my life they've been they've been small things not mm-hmm. um not big huge steps because i think if they're huge they become something more like the regrets about my mum's funeral um the fact that god it's all revolving around death that <laughs> i couldn't um I couldn't get back to Scotland from my auntie's funeral. My auntie was like a, a second mother mm-hmm. to me. I spent a load of time. But again, that wasn't, it was a disappointment, but really it was a regret. So I always see disappointments as, as small things. Pride sometimes is a bit bigger. I mean, I felt really proud of Danny MacIver's reaction to my play, The Highland Widow the article he wrote for the paper about that, I was proud for myself and also for Emmy, Mm -hmm. who was uh, the one and only actress in the show. So that was a really prideful moment.
1: Is there anything specific that he said in the review that stuck out to you?
0: Oh, no, I mean, it's just the general thing that it was. I think the um, the opening line was something like, and now we We come come to a
1: gem of a play, a one-person show, The Highland Widow, written by the festival's resident designer and technical director, Ian Pygott, The piece is a look at the infamous Highland Clearances, which originally brought many Scots to Nova Scotia. But more than this, the play deals with the futility of war and the roots of rage from a particularly feminist perspective. Emmy Alcorn plays Morag the widow with grace and control. The performance and the text are rich in imagery and bold in their directness. Even historical details which might wash over the viewer are carried on a wave of emotional intensity which is comforting, yet riveting. Question two. What is a time when you disappointed someone else?
0: I couldn't really put my finger on some specific time. A lot of the times when you disappoint someone, you maybe don't even know that you've done it because you never get a reaction from them. So you can't tell. If you see what I mean?
2: I'm sure I've disappointed people many times and didn't realize it, and they never told me. Because you can disappoint someone, even though you're trying to do the right thing. But you don't know, you never know where someone else is coming from or what their situation is.
1: Neither of these were particularly helpful answers, but fortunately, even though these were my first two days on the job, I was able to push through.
2: But, I mean, here's a silly st- <laughs> a silly story. Because, you know, I mean, I there are major stories in my life of disappointment mm-hmm. but some of those people are still alive i don't want to hurt anybody by telling a story mm-hmm. of major disappointment and i can think of a, a story where i majorly disappointed someone else not because anything i did wrong but because his expectations were different than what the reality was but anyway um yeah so great primary <laughs> <laughs> and there was a new boy in class his name I, i'm thinking his name was greg or something and his father was uh a mountie mm-hmm. so great
1: great primary uh where would you have been living
2: Annie Guinness. Annie Guinness, Okay. very small class that's when uh the catholics were separated from the protestants so i went to a protestant school
0: mm-hmm.
2: so a very small like the class had great primary one and two in one room that's how small the school was so uh Anyway, I was in great primary, and there's um, a new boy. I could still picture him. He was just so full of life and ebullient, I guess would be the word. But he was enthusiastic and friendly. And, and anyway, um, my birthday was coming around, <laughs> so I announced to everybody that I was having a birthday party, and, you know, Saturday morning, 11 o'clock, 59 Hawthorne Street. And I, I think I was saying that, telling everybody that I was having a birthday, just not bragging, but, like, celebrating. Yeah. But I was.
1: You were excited. You wanted people to come to your birthday that's party. That's right. Yeah.
2: But I didn't tell my mother that I was having a birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> I announced it and never thought about it again. <laughs> and then Saturday morning at 11 o'clock, who shows up at the door but Greg, and he's dressed in a little suit and a tie, and he has a present all wrapped up with a little bow on it. And my mother's like, who are you? I was like, "Well, I'm I'm Greg. I'm here for Amy's birthday party." And she just, you know, kind of looked at me and said, "Uh, there is no birthday party. So you better go home." Wow. And she wouldn't even let me keep the present. What? She sent him away with the present. So who And in- he he was devastated because he was so excited because he was a new kid, right? And he was so excited to be invited to this birthday party. Mm-hmm. And uh Anyway, I definitely disappointed. I probably disappointed my mother in that moment as well. I was gonna.
1: I was. I was gonna say, who's who's disappointing who in this story? Is well, this I was
2: Yes, di- <laughs> and I was disappointed. that I didn't get to, to keep the present. I, I still don't know what was in that present. But he was gone the next year. Like his father was a Maldives, so you know they moved around a lot.
1: Right. Of course. Oh, I'm so curious to know what was in that present. Like I wish But he was actually dressed in a little suit as well. And a tie, right? Did anyone else show up? No. So he's the only one who showed up. And he got he got he got the boot.
2: Yeah, he got the boot.
1: Oh my god. So you think you let him down in that situation? Oh yeah. Yeah, because you you over promised and you underdelivered.
2: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I guess you know, the thing where not that you want to I don't know why Why did I – I mean, I lied, but it didn't feel like a lie when I said it, when I said I'm having a birthday party. Maybe, maybe I thought I could. Like, if I said it out loud, it would happen. You were manifesting. I was manifesting in grade primary.
1: <laughs> you were ahead of the curve. You could have written the book on that. That's right. Well, I guess, but you, you were unsuccessful, so I, maybe not.
2: Well, I manifested that present. I just didn't get to keep it. I manifested him coming to my house. Oh, man. That's
1: a really good story. <laughs> I'm
2: sorry. There are more. But I, but didn't, I... <laughs> but I didn't tell my mother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, and the look on her face.
0: I oh. really disappointed my grandmother, my, my English grandmother, uh, when I went into theater. She wanted me to do a real job. And, you know, and there's this lots of things like that i mean it's you couldn't nail me down and say this this and that because i don't really take note of them but i know i know that was one i know my parents were disappointed the first time i got detention at school um, do you remember
1: what you got detention for
0: probably talking in class
1: yeah were you a bit of a clown? Or,
0: no, not back then. I sort of grew into that. But I was never really the class clown. I was more like the barrack room lawyer <laughs> <laughs> rather than the than the clown. You uh, um, can you
1: yeah, what do you what do you mean by that?
0: It was always me that was sort of picking the teachers up on if they'd done something that we felt was wrong or uh-huh. if they said something that wasn't true or if we thought they were picking on somebody. You know, so I was um Maybe
1: a little bit of a smart aleck, more so than a, uh, than a class uh, clown. Uh,
0: no, because smart aleck sort of to my mind means being sort of rude and cheeky mm-hmm. and mouthy. It wasn't so much that, it was just like sort of sticking up for for people, trying to point out the errors of an adult's ways. Not a smart thing to do. I was going to say, I mean, if we're into regrets, then mm-hmm. my major one is um, getting old. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and for the reason um, that I'm losing a scary amount of my vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to have, so I'm kind of disappointed in myself in a way there. I mean, I used to have a, a very extensive vocabulary you you probably know that i never use one word when ten will do uh but lately and when i say lately i mean the last couple of years um i'm losing words you know quicker than a tree loses its leaves in autumn Mm. um i was just sitting there the other day writing a letter to to my students writing them an email about and i was i was getting stuck for a word in nearly every line which that's something that's never happened to me before um or well it has but not to the extent that it's getting now um you know i can still find a word to use but i know in the back of my mind no there's two there's another word that's that's even better than that one but that's so it's a different kind of disappointment it's disappointment of the aging process changing your memories and stuff like that and you're disappointed that you can't remember things that happened um it's the example i used to use is that i can remember um every single person that played on the the football team that i supported back in scotland uh, back in the mid fifties, I can remember, you know, I can name off the whole team. Uh, I have hard job remembering some students I had last year, you know, it's, um, some of that of course is willing forgetfulness, but, um, you know, uh, but, you know, as they say, it's a short term memory that goes, that goes first. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just wish they didn't include words in that <laughs> in the short term yeah. yeah, but um but that is I mean it is a kind of disappointment that that I can't use words in the way I used to, but then it borders very quickly onto the regret that I can't use the words in the way I used to uh, or to the extent that I used to um and that that is um that is something that it almost upsets me because um i kind of i kind of love the english language mm-hmm. I and mean, most people hate it um because it's so convoluted in, um in ways that it can be changed and shift, and one word means something, but written exactly the same way and s- pronounced the same way, it means something else. And just the way that you juxtapose words and stuff can change meanings tremendously. Um, and I, you know, sort of losing the ability to see the sort of the humor in situations like that is something that does that really does disappoint me. Hmm. Or I feel regretful about or, or that, you know. some. Um, you know, sometimes I can still see things when they're glaringly obvious, but yeah. You know, I mean it's like um watching some of the commercials on T V. Um, now admittedly they're American. Uh so they've got no idea what English is like anyway. But <laughs> the um <laughs> The you know the the way they the language, and say something that's you know either li- ridiculous or why did you say that or what what's the point you know, um, just because they're not quite you know they don't use the words in the same way as 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 I do or somebody else from from Scotland or or England uh, would use them and you know it's it's funny I mean if there's one there. For some treatment for a nail fungus, of all things, and this is doctor in all earnest says, Um, it's infectious. Beat, you can even spread it to other people. <laughs> um, yeah, hello. Um, what does infectious mean? Uh, you know, th- there's a couple more like that which. Of course, I've totally forgotten, but um, it's it's, it's the same sort of thing that, you know, I mean, if I ever lose the ability to see the ridiculousness in that line, then I'm really, (laughs) you know, that's it. As I enter the bedroom, shut the door, and I'll see you at Armageddon. Mm. Wow. He wasn't
1: wrong. It's a lot of death. Question three. What is either something you've done that you are proud of, or something you have coming up that you're excited about? Dad, cheeky bastard that he is, pretty much answered this question right off the top. I said back in the first episode I would never be more self-indulgent than doing an entire episode by myself, but I found this clip.
0: And I'm going to get personal here for a minute, so... You know, one disappointment was when you stopped, stopped writing after you did your two one-man shows. I was kind of disappointed because I thought, you know, you were really good at that. But then that was counteracted a couple of years later by pride in the fact the writing that you did for your songs and the success that you got with that. So that they they kind of outweighed each other. And I found that... <laughs> most of the way going through things that I could think back on. The disappointments have been tempered by other moments of pride of The
1: writing for my songs that he's talking about is my band. No, it's fine. Our full-length album, I Promise, is streaming everywhere you like to listen to music. Now, here's Mom some more.
2: I think I'm proud of how far I have come myself personally. In the last number of years, just uh, I've learned I've learned to be a better person. It's probably over the last five years maybe yeah I've learned how to listen better, I've learned how to be more kind, more generous. as opposed to being proud, I guess I'm more grateful. personal growth. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's never too late. Now, it's funny, now that I think of it, a big reason why I would have done a lot of personal development was because, like many people, I I have often felt unworthy of certain things or have a lot of fears around things, procrastination, feeling like I don't belong. So, you know, trying to find a way to make myself feel better about myself. But what that's turned into is learning how to Help other people feel better. I don't know, does that answer your question? I guess I could be proud of the last production I did, you know, but...
1: You want to talk about that for a second?
2: What was it, the last production?
1: What is is the most recent production that you are proud of?
2: It's funny I haven't done theater for two years now. It's hard to remember. I was really proud of the production we did called Watching Glory Die that was written by Judith Thompson. It was one of the few productions that I actually directed at the theater company but that was a it was a show that was really deep and had had a big impact on the people who saw it based on surveys that we did and people we talked to and it had an impact on their lives i guess you know i'm i'm really proud of the work that my theater company does because it makes people think about their lives and their relationships with their families and their friends And it doesn't, it it doesn't just, what they see in the theater doesn't stay in the theater. It ripples out into the community. So I'm really, uh, I'm proud of that.
1: For being like a fairly small company in a very small town, it feels like the productions are always, like you said, they're things that people are going to talk about. There's a lot of like, even from Watching Glory Die, even back to like Marion Bridge or... West woods.
2: Oh, the West woods. Yeah.
1: Like it's always these, because it's always original theater, right? It, it's always like you are commissioning works to be created. Right. Like I'm, I'm correct in that. Yeah.
2: Except watching glory die was the Atlantic premiere. We did some development on it, but it was the first time that the playwright did not perform it. Okay. But yeah, it's,
1: Maybe it can be a thing for some other theater companies to, like, do a musical or a silly comedy. You're creating, like, theater of very real experiences. Lockie Liza and Rory, that's a really good one. Yeah, and that went to New Zealand, which was pretty cool. Yeah. So, you know, hesitating to say small theater company because you've had a pretty big impact. But it's two of you down there every day and, like, small cast. It's just really, it's really great to see the way that you prioritize theater that is an honest reflection of the communities around you. And so people do, like, take that with them. You know what I mean?
2: Well, they can see themselves on the stage. Yeah, and that's,
1: like, a really, that's, like, a really powerful thing that theater does, that theater can do.
2: Uh, Movies
1: can do, but it's, like... Not to put my whole butt out into the wind here, yeah, it's one thing to do a production of a Shakespeare play, and like we can talk about how that is still relevant today and how beautiful the texts are there's always there's always room to recontextualize it in the present day and give people to think about, but there's just like something so much more visceral almost about, hey, here's the maritime way of life. This is a family who it's funny, but it's like the father is like working in the coal mines and that's pretty bad.
2: Yeah. I think it's, um, going back to, you know, a sense of worth and worthiness when, when people see themselves or a likeness of themselves on the stage, their existence is acknowledged. Their life is acknowledged. I think it does give them, give them a sense of worthiness. They may not, they may not consciously think of that, but I think in, in their hearts, they feel it. Yeah,
1: And I feel like in your tenure as Artistic Director of Mulgrave Road Theater, that's been a very big focus for you. And I think that is definitely something to be really proud of.
2: Yes, you're right. and And maybe I should have started with that. <laughs> oh, personal development. Well, we got there. <laughs> <laughs> After
1: the questions, the pre-interview goes on to say, I may ask some follow-up questions during the conversation, but since I plan on building out my perspectives based on the interviews I am collecting, I will likely try to stay fairly hands-off. I would also love to know if there's any information you might like me to use when I record your introduction. Pronouns, occupation, should I use your full name or not, anything at all. Another way that the podcast changed between development and creation was this idea where I would tell everyone that I talked to a story about a time that I thought I had disappointed them. It was 100% the result of watching High Fidelity when I was too young to be watching High Fidelity and letting it make a big impression on me. Eventually, I realized it was a bit too much self-flagellation, but... Before I came to my senses, I did try it with both of my parents. I told my dad the story of the time I was supposed to spend the weekend at his house, but when he showed up to pick me up, I had gotten too sick to get out of bed. I told my mom the story of the time she asked me what I wanted for my birthday, and I said, I want you and dad to get back together, and she fell silent in the kitchen. After holding these stories in for 30 years, I looked forward to what revelations would come from finally getting my parents' perspectives on them. But neither of them remembered either of those things ever happening. It was kind of a lesson in itself all of the stock that i had been putting into the negative effects that i've been having on people for years was completely outweighed by the fact that they just had a lot of other stuff going on
0: when i got there and i was told that you couldn't come i would have been disappointed but i'd be disappointed not in you but disappointed in the situation
2: i don't remember it exactly but but i i know exactly how i how i would have felt and it would have been i probably went quiet because I thought, I don't want to disappoint Kaylin.
1: If I had set out to create this podcast with the idea of coming to a grand conclusion, disappointment is never as bad as you think it is, wouldn't be a very powerful one. Luckily, that wasn't the goal. I just wanted to talk about it.
3: In this world of ordinary people, extraordinary people, I'm glad there is you. In this world of overrated pleasures, of underrated treasures, I'm glad there is you. I live to love, I love to live with you beside This role so new, I'll muddle through with you to guide me In this world where many, many play at love And hardly any stay in love I'm glad there is you More than ever, I'm glad there is you
1: Let You Down was made possible thanks to an initial commission by Mulgrave Road Theatre. Our theme song is by Jay Stroutman and our artwork is by Isra Fitch. And the only way you can get me to stop telling you to hire them is when you give them so much money they can both retire. Let You Down will return in some form in the future, I'm sure. But in case that's a long time from now, I wanted to say thanks again. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Sarah Budgel for everything. And thank you to my two guests, Emmy Alcorn and Ian Pygat, who both, without any prompting, brought up their mothers, my grandmothers. You're listening to one of them right now. This is Diane Alcorn's version of I'm Glad There Is You from the 2000 album, The Second Time Around. Lit You Down is hosted by me, Kalen Pygat, and I wrote the pre-interview document, the final paragraph of which reads, Also, this may just be because I've been in a fairly tender space recently, but I have found that speaking to these times in my life can be a bit more emotional than I expected. I'm not looking to be some sort of trauma tourist, so please don't feel any pressure to share anything you feel might be too intense. If at any time you feel uncomfortable or like things are a little too real, I'll cut. No questions asked. I don't think it'll come to that, but I definitely had a surprise cry thinking about my childhood dog and thought a heads up might be helpful. That should do it. Thanks again. Talk soon
3: live to love I'd love to live with you beside me this role so new I'll model through with you to guide me in this world where many many play at love and hardly any stay in love I'm glad there is you more than ever I'm glad there is you more than ever i'm glad there
1: is you um i so i was thinking about this time recently well this was a while ago but recently i was thinking about this time we were living you were living in giants lake and i remember like growing up like i i saw you like fairly often I'd, like, stay at your house on the weekend pretty regularly or if, like, mom was, like, going away. I remember being at Giant's Lake, and I just remember this, like, one night where I was, like, probably, like, eight, eight or nine. I feel like that's around when you were out there. Like, I was playing Pokemon for sure. <laughs> so, yep. And I can remember this one night, like, hanging out on the couch, watching probably Law & Order or something else that I shouldn't have been watching.
0: <laughs> Did that a lot, you stayed <laughs>
1: uh there was the one place i could go mainline nightmare on elm street movies i just remember this like one night where i was like oh like i i realized that i hadn't told you that i loved you before cuz i just feel like yeah. maybe like as a small child but i feel like like i never really knew what the boundary was as a yeah. kid for whatever reason like i was always like oh this is my dad he's great and he's funny and he's <laughs> fantastic um but yeah i just do remember this like one night where i was like i basically spent like two hours on the couch like watching tv just like psyching myself up being like this is the night this is the night and i remember you being like i don't know like whatever something some show had ended and you're like well okay Kalen, like it's your bedtime and i was like you got it and i i just i remember like going up the stairs like one by one and just like being like (laughs) like this is the time like it's it's gonna be too late, and like stopping like right at like the top <laughs> of the <laughs> stairs and just like being like, "I love you, Dad." <laughs> and just like and it, in, in my in my head, like re- remembering it now, I'm like, I feel like you were just like surprised. I feel like you didn't really uh, know what to do. I
0: believe that would be a good summation, but yes. i
1: i'm I'm also very confident that I probably just like bolted, <laughs> and then I remember like it just like got easier. And easier until, like, yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's
1: just like something I've never really talked to you
0: about. No, well, it's not really the sort of thing it does, it's just one of those things that sort of grows.